Hello and greetings to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, today I have a wonderful guest and co-host with me. Um, that's the person of the evangelist uh, of Spirit Life. His name is Rex. So Rex, welcome. God bless you in Jesus' name. God bless you, sir. Good evening to all our audience all over the world. It's a great blessing to be with you today. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Wow. So the Word of God is wonderful, isn't it? Yes. I agree that the Word of God is wonderful. Tried, tested, and true. Yes, sir. And I'll never forget how that the Lord gave us a vision um, especially when the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to me and spoke some things to me and he told me that I should preach his word from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I found them to be... You, you just can't go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Jesus counsels you, you just can't, you just go, can't wrong. go wrong. I mean, you can you can misquote Paul, but you can't misquote Jesus. I'm not at all. <laughs> because you can... He's so clear on what he says that yeah. you just cannot confuse it for what he's trying to say. You know, and today we are led by the Spirit of God to talk specifically, you know, about um, something that I've always loved to talk about. I, I, we call it the Beatitudes or the Beatitudes. I think they call it more the Beatitudes. It's been one uh, part of the Bible that has been a great blessing. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's been a great yes, blessing, sir. especially when the Holy Spirit reveals it to us, what he's trying to say, and um, then from what he's trying to say, then we understand what he's actually saying, yes, sir. and then it just gets to make sense to the Spirit. Something about the teachings of Jesus is that his words do not apply to the flesh. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know, they, they don't make the flesh sing. They don't make the flesh rejoice. You know, it, it, it's all for the spirit. Yes, Remember what the Bible says in the book of John chapter 6. It says, the words that I speak to you, they are spirits and they are life. So there's no place in the Bible for, uh, especially in the words of Jesus, there's no place for the flesh. Yes. No place at all. There's no place at all. No place at all. You know, you're either in spirit or you're not. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, remember again in the book of John, chapter four, I think verse twenty-four, where he says that it's gonna, it's coming to pass. Um, the days are coming when those who worship will worship in spirit and in truth. So Christianity is all about spirit. You know, because God, our Father, is the Father of and the Bible says God is a spirit. If I another place says God is not a man, in case you're confused. <laughs> in case you think he's a hybrid. You understand? <laughs> in case you just imagine, ah, maybe I'm discussing with some human being somewhere. No, God is not a man. God is not a man. He's not a man. Not under any circumstance or any condition. You know, God also says in another place, in case that's not even enough. You know, he said in his word, he said, um, uh, what did he say? He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. You know, so, I mean, God also says, in case that's still not enough, he says, As, this is my thoughts and not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways. So if God Almighty was a human being, well, then his thoughts would be our thoughts. Yes, sir. You know, because um, the best of flesh is flesh at best. Yes, still flesh at best. You know, the best of flesh is flesh. There's no, there's no reading to change flesh. I mean, you can't, you can't gym your way out of flesh. <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't fast your way out of flesh at all. You know. Go on. You just be a well-treated flesh. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> suppressed flesh. <laughs> I remember, I remember a particular brother telling a particular story mm. one time. Of um, he was trying to stop smoking. Yeah, and he just figured that 
if he could um, just suppress the the desire to move for a period of time, uh-huh. it was it was going to be fine. So he went on a forty day fast and mm-hmm. just kept fasting all forty days. The, the desire, the craving for don't, smoking. Don't tell me, don't tell me. I came out a chain smoker. <laughs> so I guess what he came out with was premium flesh. <laughs> Deluxe flesh. You know. It was it was pressed down. Yeah. <laughs> and running over. And then oh, when it was done, it was running over. Oh my god. It was yeah. Yeah. So so when Jesus Christ came, you know. He didn't just come as a man, though he was a man in that he had flesh, but he lived by the Spirit. You know, Jesus said something. He said, because of the Father, I live. You know, and I have been sent to express that Jesus, not only to... um, a generation that is today, but a generation that will come someday. And um, we have to tell people that life is spirit. I mean, life is not just spiritual. Life is spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, life is just spirit. And we have to stop living and looking by the things that we merely see, by the things we merely hear. Or by the things we merely feel. You know, the physical human being has five senses. But the spiritual human being has at least four. A lot. (laughs) You know, has a lot of senses. Because God speaks to us in so many ways. The Spirit of God relates to us in such a dynamic way that no two prophets were the same in the Bible. Wow. Can you imagine that? Thousands of prophets and no one was the same. I mean, Moses gets to grow in the spirit from his father-in-law, Jethro, and is not like Jethro. Joshua gets to grow in the Lord through Moses and is nothing like Moses. Elisha gets to grow through Elijah and is nothing like Elijah. You know, we see the twelve apostles we see that, I mean, they all fed from Jesus and Paul speaks like this. Yeah. Matthew had, when, when, when you read the Gospel of Matthew and you read the Gospel of Mark, Mark has only 16 chapters to talk about. Matthew has at least 26. And then Luke has quite a lot to say. Yeah. And they all have different things they focus on. Yeah. When you look at Paul and you look at Peter, you see that it's the same Christ with the different expressions. When you look at John, you can't even find another apostle like him. So it's like, we look all through scripture and we see that the closer we get to God, the more we realize that his footprint in our lives is specific. There is no imitation. There is just Jesus. So that's why Jesus wants us to get into his words. Especially the words of Jesus. In these last days that we live in, you know, where people are, can be easily deceived. We can all be easily deceived into thinking that all it takes to solve the problem of the world is economy. A better economy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A better government. Yeah. A better president. Yeah. Um, um, a more you know, democratic system. Yeah. You know, we where the, this society becomes an egalitarian society. Yeah. You know, where there's no more war. Everybody, everybody has a voice. Everybody has a voice yeah. and everybody is listened to. Yes. And all that. Well, it's been failing for thousands of years. And it's only bound to fail more. Yes, sir. You know, or if they say, ah, oh, let the church become the rulership of the nation. You know, it doesn't mean that flesh is still not flesh. Because flesh is still flesh. Yes. And by the grace of God, flesh will still be flesh. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a more sure word in the words of Jesus. And I believe that in this last day, we must focus on Jesus. 
We must, in a sense, bring back Jesus to his own church. You know, because it isn't Paul that died for us. It isn't James that died for us. It isn't Isaiah that died for us. How can Jesus have his own words and we so little value them? But it's the same Jesus we all want to walk like. You know, and, and that's where the be the beatitudes or the beatitudes or whatever we call them in the book of Matthew chapter five comes in. Jesus begins by telling us about the rules, the principles, or the new way of life. How a man who is now born of the Spirit, who is now a Christian, a believer. The rules that govern his life. And I think that we're going to learn a lot from Jesus here today. So you that's listening to me, I hope you got your Bible. And I hope that you're ready to flow with us. Because God's Spirit is going to take you somewhere today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alright, so let's look at Matthew chapter 5 verse 3 today for a start. Can you kindly read that to us please? Well. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. I'll be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Wow. That's another one. It's a big one to talk about. It's a big one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, did you know? Um, here, here in our office, there's this... Um, book we have on church history right down there. Did you know that this particular verse of scripture has been probably one of the most misunderstood scriptures in the Bible in time past? <laughs> wow. Oh yeah. When you read church history, you understand why most of the people whom God used greatly chose the life of God. It came from here. This is what they saw. Blessed are the poor. They didn't see in spirit. Mm. <laughs> you know, so most of what they saw was blessed are the poor. And they didn't see in spirit. But I want you to imagine this. They were also the most faith-filled people of any generation of Christians. Because if God ordered them to be poor, they were happy to be poor. Wow. I mean, what a generation it is. And that was. That one of the very, very amazing examples to me was a man called Francis of Assisi. Francis of Assisi came from not just an aristocratic family, but from a royal heirloom. And when Christ came upon his soul, when, when he had an experience of Christ, he read about blessed are the poor. And he saw, he also didn't see in spirit. So you know what Father Francis of Assisi did? Yes, Father Francis of Assisi. He had a surname, and we don't know the surname today anymore. The reason that we don't know the surname of Francis, I mean, unless you go into the history, then you know what his original name was, was that Francis denied his family and chose to be a beggar. In the name of Jesus. That's what he decided to do. He chose that he was going to be a beggar in the name of Jesus. I mean, it was so amazing. His family told him that if you go into this, we will disown you. You know what Francis did? Francis denied everything about his family. Refuted his family. He was a young man at the time he did this. A youth. Then he walked in public. In public. People gathered because it was a very popular and very powerful family. And he was on that track. And he took off his clothes and was stuck naked. And he said, let it be known today that this is the last thing that is on me that belongs to you. And he said, as I drop this, I also drop my name to become only Francis. Wow! <laughs> You know, look man, I don't know. I don't know what was going on in the minds of these men. 
But if God asked me to be poor, can I be? If God told me that the way to heaven was poverty, can I be? If God told me, how far can I go in obedience to the Spirit? I also heard a story of a man, you know, that's another day's topic, of a man who had read where Jesus said that if your hand offends you, cut it off. If your eye offends you, cut, pluck it out. And he saw a woman and he said the first sight of her he caught was with his left eye. And he had, and he calls it an evil concupiscence. This is church history. He had an evil concupiscence, which means that, you know, he had urges inside of him. And because his left eye was the first to see this lady, he took a hook in his office. He was, he was a cobbler. He took a hook that he used to make shoes and pulled, gouged out his eyeball in obedience to the Bible. Wow. <laughs> I mean, my God! <laughs> <laughs> wow. How far... And then you wonder why there's a strict difference in power, yes, in glory, and in the kingdom. Yeah. In answers to prayer. Yeah. In holiness. In the reality of God Almighty. He knew that they were missing the priest in him. But he was pleased with such faith. A sincere heart can never be denied by God. And even though these men were sincere and they had made some mistakes, they were making it with the best intention. And the Lord was pleased with such a sacrifice. I mean, I cannot imagine today how limbless I would have been. And I don't think I'll be able to take up my own hand. I don't think I'd have been able to take up my own hand. I don't think I'd have been able to cut my own feet. I mean, I'll be really limbless. <laughs> and, and you see people living for the word of God like this. Living for the words of Jesus like that. So you see, with the words of Jesus, you really can't go wrong because it's a test of your whole heart at the end of the day. Even though this man took it so outside of its box, but it's the heart. The heart was still at the core of what Jesus was saying. Yes, sir. The heart was still at the core of what Jesus was saying. And here we have him saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we must observe the word for in spirit. So what does it really mean to be poor in spirit? You know, I mean, according to scripture, to be poor in spirit is to see your need. You see, the poor those who are in need. Yes, sir. Jesus Christ said something very, very amazing in his word. He said to Judas one time when some um, this wonderful Mary, Magdalene, she came and she washed his feet with her tears. Yeah. You know, wiped his feet with her hair and then took an oil of alabaster yeah. perfume and poured it upon him. And it was so expensive that the greedy one the greed inside everybody, but especially in Judas, was like, oh, hell no. Why did you do this? They <laughs> 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 were like, why did you do this? Like, we could have given this to the poor. And listen to what Jesus said, that the poor you will always have with you. So the poor, according to God, are those who are needy, who lack the basic. Who lack the things that man needs, bless you, that man needs to survive, to thrive, to have a good life. That those who are consistently dependent upon others for their daily bread. That those who are consistently dependent on the government for their daily living. They are consistently dependent on everything and everyone else because they have nothing. And Jesus Christ said to us here in his word that blessed are the poor in spirit. 
So notice that the word Paul is in spirit. Isn't it? Yes, sir. It didn't say Paul in body. Yes, sir. It didn't say Paul of spirit. Mm. Poverty of spirit and poverty in spirit are two very different things. They are Paul in mm. spirit. So in the spirit, in the realm of the spirit, they are all. Thank God he never says, and later they will be rich. Meaning that being poor in spirit is a constant. Wow. You never arrive at being rich. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. And the reward for being poor was not for they shall be rich in heaven. Sure. It says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So to be poor in spirit is to see your need for God. And depend on him all the time for that need. Wow. Right? Yes, sir. To be poor in spirit is to see your need. God and to depend on Him for that need. To become an absolute dependent. You know, I was thinking about it one day and the Spirit of the Lord said to me, He said, in this physical world, we grow from being absolute dependent to becoming absolutely independent. You know, your parents train you for your life of independence. Yes, sir. You know, there comes a time where, I don't know, if, I, I mean, you should have seen this around, yes, where parents begin to indicate, if they don't say outrightly, that you're too old to be taken care of. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know that kind of feeling. Yes, sir. And, and you shouldn't be around. At this age. At this age. At this phase of life. And you're still here, yeah. in the house, eating mommy's food. <clears throat> yeah. Asking daddy for credits, asking him to pay for your fare. Oh no. Asking for pocket, for money. pocket money. Oh my goodness. Look man, at some point, it's like a disgrace. Yes sir. <clears throat> what used to annoy your parents when you didn't ask them, now annoys them when, when you, you ask. ask. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It is. But here's the case with God. With God Almighty, we grow from absolute independence to absolute dependence. Absolute independence because we are used to thinking for ourselves. Yes, sir. We are trained by the world to think for ourselves. Yes, sir. You know, we are trained by the world to depend on ourselves. Yes. We are told that all you need for success is your personal hard work. And, you know, you got to think of something you want to do yeah. with your own life. Your life yeah. <laughs> you know, you are told you choose where you live. Yeah. I mean, tell me more things that you get oh, to choose. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's commonly said that yeah. you are the captain of your soul, the master of your faith. Hey, so, uh, you, <laughs> you go, yeah, you're the captain of your soul, the master of your faith. You choose what happens to you. Wow. You, know, you, you, you choose what you want to do. Mm. You Go with it, you know, mm. and thank God for motivation. Mm -hmm. And somehow you just get to blow it, like yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> and all those. Yeah. Depending on your ability, what your mind, the power of the mind. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So we've been trained so much on the power of the mind that we already grew up. As we go further, even in Christianity, you know, I remember when I was a younger person, and then I didn't like Jesus, but I used to go to church. But I never used to forget some words because they made sense, but they didn't make sense at the same time, so they stopped. And then as I grew up more in Christ, I discovered that they actually didn't make sense. And one of those things was I I'll never forget. There was a Bible study in my home church. And uh, the pastor who was leading it uh, asked for contribution. And someone raised up his hand and he said, 
I just want to tell everybody here. I think they were talking about maybe something about God's provision and stuff like that. He said, heaven helps those who help themselves. <laughs> and I could hear an amen from every circle. And that this is thousands of people saying, amen, woo, hallelujah. And he said, he said, bread does not fall from heaven. Money does not fall from heaven. Don't be lazy. Don't stay there and say, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm reading my Bible, I'm reading my Bible, I'm reading my Bible. You will die. And you could hear an amen from here. You could hear a hallelujah from there. You can probably hear someone do, from you know, one of the corners. And it was so amazing. Someone else stood up and said, no, that's not what the Bible teaches us. But when the person stood up to say the truth, because more people have believed a lie, they shut him down. They said, keep quiet. You don't know anything. What are you saying? So are you saying you just stay in your house and bread is going to come? Well, I can't see a God who changes. Because he also gave bread to some people for 40 years. Over 3 million people. 40 years. <laughs> Look, if, if one night is a miracle, try 40 years every day. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's exactly what he did. That's 365 times 40. Yes, sir. That is a long time. 365 times 40. 365 times 3 million. Yeah. Times 4 times 40. He fed them every day. You know, so we've had this thing where we we have gotten to a generation where we have this mind over matter. And we think that Christianity is mentality. But it's more than mentality. God gives you a mentality, but Christianity is spirit. Yes, sir. It's real things. It's real life. And it's real power. And Jesus Christ says to us about being poor in spirit. You know, that we, we grow from being absolutely independent in, in Christ to becoming completely dependent. Here's the challenge, though. You see, that faith is not possible until you increasingly become poor in spirit. Wow. Do you remember what John said in John 3, verse 13? He said, he must increase. And I must decrease. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. To become absolutely needy. Until you need him to blink. Until you, you need him to breathe. Until you feel like you're going to die if you haven't read your Bible. Hear Jesus say to Satan. Jesus Christ describes in the temptation of Satan in Matthew chapter 4. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that God has spoken. Think about that. That man should exist by every single job that God has said. That's what it means to be so needy. To find it completely impossible to exist without Jesus. And Jesus is not different from his word. Wow. You see that? What do you think about this? Wow. Just thinking about this. <clears throat> just thinking about this is it's mind blowing. Like this actually re makes you realize that life is like you said, life is spirit. Mm. Totally spirit. Totally. Totally spirit. And when 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 the Lord says, My ways are not your ways, it just makes it so clear. Mm. Because it's we have we were born, we're trained, society trains us to to actually get to the point of consistently being independent. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you you as you're growing up in your family, you get you go to university, you graduate, you get a job, you start your own family, you cut off the old, you mm -hmm. cut off the extended family, mm -hmm. you don't call your cousins no yeah. more. <laughs> <laughs> you know? mm. Because I, I, I grew up in a family of uh, of 
nine with my parents who were wow. eleven. Wow. And uh, you know, I, mean, I, I just clap for your family. It was so much fun for everybody to be around. Yeah. So much fun, like everybody was happy for everybody to be around. But as everybody kept growing up, mm-hmm. family started being not fun. Yeah. Because everyone was getting independent of everyone. Yeah. Everyone was growing into something more. Yeah. My own conclave. Now yeah. I have to start my own tribe. Yeah. And it's just like that. Yeah. So when we come to the Lord, when we come to the Lord, we actually call the Lord finds us getting used to being independent. Oh yeah. Yeah. Getting used to being independent. Yeah. Now we have to start. And you know, when you become first born again, now when you become first born again, there's this feeling that everything depends on you. Yeah. Like when you say legend be like, heaven must obey. No yeah. matter what. Even if ten thousand Christians are praying that there should it shouldn't rain today. Yeah. Because you said it should rain. It yeah. has to rain. It's it's all about you. <laughs> yeah, it's all about you generally. Mm. You don't you don't care what the Lord thinks. Yeah. You don't care what the Lord's agenda is. You yeah. don't care what the Lord's the ground spirit is. is saying. You don't care what the spirit is saying. You are saying what you're saying for the spirit to attend to you. You get you're so selfish, like God exists for mm. you. But as you grow, you find out that. Mm. Like God exists for you. Yes. Wow. As you grow, you find out that God doesn't exist for you. No. No, no. All things we need for its pleasure. You yeah. exist for God. Yeah. And you realize that you really need God. You really need God. You really you get to find that you get to see because now you become you become like a son. You you start understanding the whole architecture. I remember a particular story, I just said it. I remember mm-hmm. a particular story of um a very dear man um one of the a very renowned doctor, he said when he was growing up as a child, he had this peer pressure and he wanted the mom to meet up with many of his demands. Mm-hmm. And he the mom was a single parent. So the mom said, Okay, now that you're growing up, you suddenly feel like I am not doing enough. What mm-hmm. will happen is this when I earn my salary, I will hand it to you. Mm-hmm. You pay the bills, you pay the rentals, mm-hmm. you pay a mortgage, you do everything mm. and then you buy whatever you want yeah. to buy. Yeah. Now suddenly <laughs> because you're involved in a grand plan, yeah, your way of thinking changes. It mm. then you realize that well, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> realize that the mom was actually making extra sacrifice to even give him water because while he was now managing the phone, there was nothing for him. Yeah. That's what it means. Because now when you see the the grand plan of God, you really, that's when you really realize that you need to go. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so to, I, I guess today's question would be, how much do I really need the Lord? <laughs> yeah, you see, because if we are always at a point where we really desperately need the Almighty God, for big things. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, look, I haven't tired, I've never grown tired of the same situation, of having to talk to people daily who have always, I mean, when I say always, they always show up when things are no longer within their power to solve. That's when they come. Wow. When the disease is beyond the doctor, they call you. Yeah. When the financial problem is beyond family, friends, loved ones, and even enemies, <laughs> they come to you. Yeah. When life has gone beyond them, when they've made mistakes and they have come to sense that there's no going back here, that this now is about to ruin them, then they come to God. When a man has smoked until all of his lungs are destroyed, then he comes to church and says, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want you to save me. You know? <laughs> when a man has finished wasting his youth, 
wasting his strength. When his teeth were strong, he was not coming to church. When his ears were good, he wasn't coming to church. Now he's 50, 60, 65, 70. He can't even jog. He can't even walk quickly because he has emptied himself for the world. He has given himself so much to the world that all he has left is just enough to die. Then he says, now I want to be a missionary. Now I want to serve God with everything. Now he's a retiree because God does not deserve his best part. But I realize that oftentimes people who need God when the situation gets tough, when the situation is going hard, when the situation is so difficult, when it's like there's no way about. And you see the amazing thing is that we are always going to meet those kinds of situations. Those kinds of situations that look you in the eyes and say you are going down. Most believers don't win. And they cannot win. And the reason why they cannot win, because I, I, I've experienced a bit of that before. And the reason why we cannot win as believers like that is that to be poor in spirit is to need the Lord, especially in the small things. Did you need him to brush your teeth? If you know how much you need God, you never stop praying. You will never stop giving thanks. You will never stop asking his help. You will probably be more convinced than anybody in the world that it takes God's grace to lift a spoon. You will not think that, oh, it's just a spoon. <laughs> Until suddenly you're on the bed and your hands aren't working. That's when you start singing, don't allow me. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we now need the Lord. Yeah. I need him in small things. I need him in the mundane things. Surrender, like you said. Surrender. Is given to God. When we have the power to do. Needing his help over things that you could have done yourself. Is what surrender is. You don't surrender when you have no power. Then that's not surrender. You give up. Because I mean. What, what could you have done anyway? I mean. What, what is no retreat? No surrender. I, I once watched a movie where. They had killed everybody. And only one soldier was left. And he was standing there. I would not die. <laughs> he was saying, I will not give up. I will uphold the honor of the people before me. They just shot him in the head. <laughs> what, kind of, what, what do you think you've done? Like, you think you are intent. And we, we praise those kinds of things yeah. and we say, That's an honorable <laughs> man. That's a fool. <laughs> the reason is a fool is that the best way to flow with God is not to say you surrender. When everything is gone. After all has been said and done. After you've damaged your body. After you've damaged your soul. After you've wasted your youth. Then you say, Lord, you know I need you. What faith do you have to overcome something so big when you could not need him to wear your shoes? When you could not overcome the initial tiredness of saying, Lord, I need you to just pray. Even though my body is tired. David says, though my flesh is weak, yet will I praise you. David knew how much he needed the Lord. Jesus said, without him, I can do nothing. He also said, without me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing means you can do nothing. Physical, mental, spiritual, in every department, in every way, every aspect, without him, you can do nothing. 
Without him, you can't be healthy. What makes you think that taking green tea is your solution? <laughs> Without detox. him, detox. <laughs> Detoxifying yourself. You know. What makes you think so? What makes you think that because you're in a country where you have great medical facilities, that you're going to live a long life? No, but suddenly you're sick and you need Jesus. Why didn't you need him when you could run? So that at a time when it feels like the body can't move, if you speak, you have always needed him. You have an extra reserve of faith. You have built up a lifetime of depending on the Lord. Everything beats that You know, that's why Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like he has always likened the kingdom to seed. He never likened it to a tree. He always likened it to seed. He likened it to seed because if I can need God in the small things, in the big things, I will see God. Wow. Wow. If I can see God in the small things, in the big things, I will need Him. To need him is to see him. To see him is to have him. To have him is to hold him. We do not need big faith. God is already big. What do we need then? We need just enough faith as mustard seed so that mountains can move. That means faith that has always needed him for the little. Yes, sir. So that the mountain looks like the seed now. If you've needed him all the time, if you need him to grow, when you're walking on the road, you say, thank you, Jesus. When you lie down, thank you, Jesus. You don't need to say it with your mouth. Inside your heart, you are always needing him. Your gratitude is a sign of your dependence as well. You are walking. You are talking to someone and on the inside you are saying thank you Jesus. I have discovered for myself that all our search for power is not that there is no power. It is that we look for a feeling of power. Yes sir. Like I have seen several the spirit come down. And when the spirit rests in a meeting someone would have hands laid on them and the person would be, he would look around, the next man fell, the other man fell, the other man fell, but why didn't he fall? The spirit was not there. <laughs> I have seen it again and again and again. Meanwhile, the spirit manifests in manifold ways. Yes, sir. But they don't know how much they need the Lord. And today I want to tell you, listening, I want to encourage you with this simple question. How much do you need the Lord? Let me show you whom faith is reserved for. Please open your Bible with me to the book of James, chapter 2, and verse 5. Yes, James, James, chapter 2, and verse 5, evangelist. James, chapter Yes, please kindly read it. The Bible says, Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? Wow. (laughs) What a blessing. Has he not chosen? That's his infinite wisdom. He has chosen that the poor be reaching faith. And they would be heirs of the kingdom because they love him. That's what God is telling us. I believe that Matthew chapter 5 verse 3 is faith's greatest secret. How much do you need I'm in need of his forgiveness. 
because of how much I don't realize that I need him. I'm in need of his mercy because of how much I do not realize that I truly need him. You know, every day I see people doing things in their power. Thinking in their power. Planning in your power. Going out in your power and coming back to tell him thank you. We give God plans and tell him to make that plan come to pass. God is now the genie and you are Aladdin. <laughs> but that's not how it works. That's not what the Bible says. Yes, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says what? It says that he that comes to God must believe that he is. Yes, that he is. And that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So you come to him in that simple English is come to me on my terms and you will see what I can do. I like that part. I like that part. <laughs> I like that part. Come to me on my terms. Don't come to me on your terms. Jonah tried to come to God on his terms. He was choosing whom God would show mercy for God. How can you forgive such great wicked people? Why would you forgive them? And God gave him an example. By making a tree grow instantly to shelter him. And the next night to die instantly. And Job was still complaining. And God said, did you plant this tree? It grew up. It protected you. You didn't say thank you. You didn't tell me anything. You didn't even ask me. Now, I grew it and I took it away. You are angry with me? Why? He said, even so. Will I not show mercy to 500,000 people in that place, that great nation called Nineveh, if they turn over and repent? And Jonah never ever again questioned God. They discovered how much he needed God. If I know how much I need God, I will not need to wait to the end of the day to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Because I realize that forgiveness is whom I have forgiven. Jesus said, Forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. That forgiveness that I receive from above is the forgiveness that I give to others. I will not wait to say I'm sorry to the Lord. I will keep forgiving. I'll keep forgiving those who hurt me. <clears throat> I'll keep forgiving those who offend me. I'll keep forgiving those who say something that they shouldn't say against me, to me. Sometimes people are not even talking to you. You just read something on the social media and get offended. <laughs> the person wasn't targeting you. You know, sometimes something you don't expect from someone. They don't even know that they are hurting you. Forgiveness is so necessary because man is so human. And forgiveness is not saying, God, I'm sorry. Forgiveness is forgiving others. To the extent I forgive, I am forgiven. You see how much we need God. If I knew how much I needed God, I would have the money and the power to purchase something and still say, Lord, what do you think? But you see, it's when we don't have that we say, Lord, please. How shall it be? Oh, you know, <laughs> then we start confessing. And confessing. If I needed God, I would trust Him for my feet and for my path. God, God directs us enough for the feet and enough for the path. Those are the two ways God directs us. He, he directs you for something immediate. He can say, do this now. Bible says thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word is first always a lamp for the feet. 
And when we understand it, then it becomes enlightened for the person. It is always, I'll take it again, it is always a lamp for defeat. It, you can't see the whole picture of what God is giving you. It's just for your feet. For the next day. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, give us this day our daily bread. He didn't say give us bread for the month. It is the lamp for your feet. And upon understanding it, it becomes light for your path. We must need the Lord. You must need Him for the things you have the power to do. As you walk into your bedroom to take a shower, oh Father, thank you for the power to take a bath. As you take soap on your body, oh Father, thank you. When I can need him like that in the small things, I will find enough faith to overcome this world, to overcome the devil. To overcome the circumstances of life and those lying conditions. Yes, sir. Whether it is in our body, in our soul, in our spirit, or in our material world. I want to encourage you today to need the Lord. To never be rich in spirit. I did not say that you shouldn't be rich in this world. I said to never be rich in spirit. Because the kingdom of heaven responds, belongs, and is for the poor in spirit. What do you have to say at the end of the day as we close this chapter today? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's really, really a great blessing. So, uh, I've been really blessed today, even though I am a co-host. It's, it's really, really amazing. Uh, thank you for this word. Uh, something just kept re- resounding in my heart. Needing the Lord for Yeah. Needing the Lord for deliverance. Mm. I, I actually remember um, some, some years ago, while I just, a few years ago, while I just gave my life to Christ, at one point, it really felt like I was anti-medicine. Mm. I, I, it actually felt like anti-medicine, in mm. fact. And I found that later that the mo- most of the guys who were like, because everything that happened, my first response was, I want to try out my faith. Mm. I have a headache. I want to try out my faith. Mm. I have a cold. I want to try out my faith. Yeah. And they kept saying, it's not everything you do. But I said, the thing is this. I know that one day cancer can show up. Mm. I can't start practicing faith with cancer. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> the truth. Like, I, part of my body may be paralyzed. Like, mm. what if my tongue was paralyzed? How do I learn confession? Mm. How do I learn to act faith? How do I learn to need the Lord now that the problem is bigger than me? And usually, when you're already overwhelmed, your mind can't even think straight. If you have not been built for that occasion, so needing a Lord for little things actually creates a culture of constant dependence on the Lord, such that when we have the opportunity, as it happens to all men, as far as you're in this world, it happens to all men. Mm. When you have the opportunity to go through the fire mm. and through the water. It will not overflow you. It will not kindle upon you. Because you have mastered or gotten used to needing the Lord. Now your confidence in the Lord has increased. Your trust in the Lord has increased more than your trust in yourself. Your trust in the system. You know, you see people now. I remember somebody saying something one time. Talking of a prominent man of God. And it was like, you know. Forget what these guys are saying about the blessing. This guy invests in forex. Wow. <laughs> this guy is a foreign exchange trader. Forget that thing about time. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I have because me I traded forex before. Mm. I did not turn out in Ilonia. Mm. Mm. I crashed out. Yeah. And there are millions of people who are crashing out of the market. So the thing is now that because you look at this guy and then say this guy is not depending on the Lord. But what they did not know, what you cannot tell is how long the man had been depending on the Lord. Because if there's anything that can easily make somebody broke, it's for industry of all the investments that I know. Because even that's why, even in the banking sector, when they invest their capital, it is a small fraction they put in foreign exchange. It is called a high-risk investment. How can someone do a high-risk investment and crash out and not crash out consistently over the years? If the man has learned how to depend on the Lord to move safely from one point A to point B, from house to the church, from church to the house, for simple decisions like buy this, buy this bread, buy bread, <coughs> buy biscuit, things that you can do without thinking. If he had learned to need the Lord, then definitely by faith he can also know. Trade in this, buy now, stop sale, put a stop loss here, put a buy limit here, put a sell limit here, and, and stay in the game. So it all it all comes back to how much you need the Lord. Because life situations get more threatening as you grow, as it goes. A lot of things get to be more at stake. If you don't learn to need the Lord for especially the things that you can do without help, when the occasion comes for the things you can't do at all, there will be no faith. There will be depression. Not enough faith. There will be, there'll be faith, faith, but it will not be it will enough, not be enough yeah. for that problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the next thing is now mm-hmm. what, what the Lord said in His Word. In, in one of the parables in Matthew chapter 13, he said, when the word, when you receive the word, at some, at some point, you get offended that it is not working as you think it should work. And by what, and by and by, you get offended because you think it's not working as, you, as it should work. Not knowing that, it is really that there is not enough faith as you have not learned to depend on the Lord. So, I have been really blessed today. I have been really blessed today to know, wow. to, to know this. Wow. God bless you, evangelist. That's really, really powerful. And I, I, I want to encourage you today, and I want to pray for you, and just we just want to bring our faith together and pray for you. And pray that Everything that looks like it's overwhelming you, sickness in your body, comments of demons, every financial distress, everything breaking up your life, your family, your home, in the name of Jesus Christ, I say to it, peace be still. In the name of Jesus Christ. I command every trouble, everything that is not ordained of the Almighty in your life, let it receive the power of God right now. I command faith to bring that mountain down. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Be healed in your blood. Amen. Let your system be flushed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let every tormenting evil spirits be cast out in the name of Jesus. Amen. Be blessed. Amen. Have testimonies of the goodness of God. Amen. And that thing that will not let you to act on the word of God, I command it to be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let God's word guide you. Amen. Let it be your next step. Let it be the lamp for you. Amen. And let it be the light for your path. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
act on these words and see you, see you again in the next episodes. God bless you.